You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast and welcome into the final weekend before the All-Star break. The Atlanta Braves continued their winning ways up in Washington as they claimed an 8-4 victory over the Nationals. It got a little crazy late, but the Braves, they had them all the way. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. This is the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Also, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Jake, just a couple of games left before the Braves and the rest of baseball hit that all-star break. But I think this is what you were looking for, right? Some wins to close out the first half and maybe close a little bit of ground on the New York Mets in the process. Yeah, I mean, exactly when you're going to make a team like the Nats, you know, it's going to be an opportunity for you to, to rack up some wins. And what better time to do that than right before the All-Star break after a tough series against the Mets. So uh, Nats healing some wounds here and helping the Braves kind of get back on track going into the All-Star break. And you'll certainly take it. Braves with an 8-4 victory. Ian Anderson got the start in this one. The Braves offense showed up in a big way. So let's jump into the line score and the box score for that matter of game number 92, second contest of the four against Washington to close out the first half. Braves are now 55 and 37, eight runs, 12 hits, no errors, seven men left aboard. Nationals dropped to 30 and 62, four runs, eight hits, an error, and 10 men left on base. Ian Anderson picks up the win. I thought he pitched well enough in this game. We'll talk a little bit more about that here shortly. Eight and five now on the year. Patrick Corbin, he did not pitch well enough to get anything but a loss in this one. Four and 12 now on the season. A.J. Minter had to come in and kind of mop things up for Will Smith there in the ninth inning or clean things up and slam the door. He earned his fifth save of the season. Game lasted three hours and 32 minutes, thanks in large part to what went on in the ninth. And there was a crowd of 30,409 on hand at Nationals Park to see it. They got to see a trio of Braves home runs in this one. But let's start with the man who was on the mound in this one. Ian Anderson, five and a third innings of one run ball, five hits, three walks, Jake, five strikeouts. I thought he looked really good through five. And then that sixth inning, it looked like things just kind of started to waver a little bit for Ian. Yeah, for me, it was it was more of the same. And look, I talked about this last time, more of the same for the Ian Anderson we've seen over the you know two plus years. A guy that can go five innings, work into the six, two earned or less. Look, you'll take that. I think maybe you just have to change your adjustment of what you think about him as more of a three, four type pitcher instead of a two, three type pitcher in your rotation. And again, if that's who Ian Anderson is, that's great. And I think the Braves can live with that. I mean, most teams would love to have a, a four starter that can go out there and pitch five or six innings of two run ball just about every time he goes out there. It's just getting to that point. It's it's up and down. You know, he'll throw a couple of hit pitches and he'll look like, OK, he's locked in. He's got it. And then all of a sudden he can't locate the fastball and he's overthrowing it up in the zone. So, uh, look, Dusty Baker said it in the World Series in the game where he threw five no-hit innings. It's, you know, just kind of that effective wildness that he has. And that's kind of what we've seen throughout his whole career. But to his credit, I mean, he has been effective with it more often than not. So, yeah, yeah I would love to see him make that adjustment and a change and, you know, become more of that top of the rotation pitcher. And I think it's in there to do it. But you know, with what he's doing and what he's done so far, I mean, I think you will certainly take that. And, yeah, I thought this was you know, certainly a better start than we've seen, you know, over the last month or so for me and Anderson. Yeah, effectively, Wild's a really great way to encapsulate it. I didn't have any problem whatsoever sending him out there to try to get through the sixth inning with a 6 nothing lead against a team like the Washington Nationals. I mean, no disrespect, but 
when you're 30 and 62, if you've got a pitcher who's trying to work his way through something with a nice big lead, I'm going to give him the opportunity to figure out if he can make it work through six innings because you would like to see that kind of become the bar, right? I mean, five innings of, of one or two run ball is fine, and I'm not complaining about that. But if you could routinely get the sixth and then maybe six and a third, six and two thirds at some point, and I mean, I don't think anybody wants that worse than Ian Anderson does as well. It just seems like that third time through the lineup or once he gets out there in that sixth inning, just thinking to just get away from him a little bit. Again, five and a third innings of one-run ball. I looked at the last three starts, 15 and two-thirds innings, so averaging five-plus innings per start. Four earned runs there, not bad at all. Uh, 15 hits, eight walks, only 13 strikeouts, though. That's been the big thing I think I've looked at with Ian Anderson that's been so different than, uh, especially when he came up and he seemed to really have that changeup working. His fastball was routinely in the mid-90s, and he flashed that occasional curve, and I thought he threw some good curves on this night, but it just doesn't seem like he's had the same kind of strikeout ability this year, Jake. Yeah, and and look, a lot of these rough starts here lately are coming against teams, against the NLEs, teams that have seen him a lot of times, and again, I keep talking about it. There's an adjustment that Ian Anderson has to make, whether that's finding another pitch to go to, throwing that curveball more, like you talked about. Uh, there, there's got to be some sort of adjustment from Ian, and I'm just not seeing that. I'm not seeing him make that adjustment. Meanwhile, other teams are starting to adjust to him. So to me, that's the biggest hurdle for him to get to that next level. And again, I think he can, but I think, you know, he becomes a little bit predictable with that fastball up, that change up down, um, you know, while both really good pitches, it just, as the game goes on and the more times you see it, it becomes a little bit more predictable. Yeah, I would like to see some more curveballs. I thought he threw some really good ones on Friday night against the Nationals. So maybe that's something he is looking to incorporate because I know between starts, he is trying to work the problem with Rick Kranitz, work the problem with his catchers in particular, and come up with a game plan that will work every fifth day. In these past three starts, he has managed to bump his ERA down about half a run from 5.31 to 4.79. And that may not sound like a lot of progress, but if you can shave half a run off your ERA every three starts for the rest of the season, I think that that would tell you that Ian Anderson's doing enough to at least be a capable, call it a fifth starter for the Braves, if you believe in Spencer Strider, as most people do as being a big contributor in this rotation, then maybe you, as you said, Jake, adjust your expectations a little bit and don't have so much pressure on Ian Anderson as you might have on Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, and Spencer Strider. But, you know, the best case scenario, and I talked about this on Battery Power as well, is that Ian Anderson starts figuring out the things that he did so well the last couple of years and gets things right. And then as you get into the second half, you figure things out. Say if you get a Mike Soroka back or maybe if you get into the trade deadline and start looking at options, Maybe you figure out something there, but it'd be nice to see Ian Anderson figured out. That would, of course, be the best case scenario for the Braves rotation. Let me tell you about the sponsor of the Braves postcast. That, of course, is Coffee AM. It's an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can take a look at their full menu of coffees and teas and gift sets. I got a gigantic box of coffee I'm working my way through. It has been a tremendous way to start the day. Go to coffeeam.com slash locked on. And use the coupon code locked on at checkout. You get 15% off your first order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Let's talk a little bit about the Braves offense because that crew was busy on this night against Patrick Corbin. Austin Riley, red hot, 26th home run uh, in the first half. And that is the most since Andrew Jones had 27 back in 2005. And I did some digging on this, Jake. The Braves record for home runs in the first half is 28 by Andres Galarraga back in 1998. So this is a record that Austin Riley is conceivably over the next couple of days has a chance to challenge for. Yeah, it's just, it's it's funny to me, obviously the all-star snub that he got, and it's just mm -hmm. like he's kicked it into another level <laughs> uh, trying to prove a point. But 
even before that, I mean, he's been on a tear for a couple of weeks now, and it's just it's great to see because we all talked about last season for Austin Riley, and you know, it was a breakout season for him, but could he back that up? How does he follow that up in 2022? Got off to a hot start then kind of slumped a little bit. So it made you kind of question, but you know, here he is, you know, right back where uh, he was last year, one of the best hitters in all of baseball and should be an all-star. And it's just great to see him get on a tear like this and, you know, becoming that cornerstone third baseman, middle of the lineup or middle of the order bat for the Braves that, you know, will obviously be here for a long time. Yeah. He's closing in on Kyle Schwarber for the national league lead in home runs as well. If he gets up towards 28, I believe he'd pull within one. And of course, Kyle has a couple of days to add to his total as well for the Phillies. But if you have Austin Riley perennially among the home run leaders in baseball, you're going to be feeling pretty good about what you got going on over at third base. And the Braves should as Riley has been red hot hitting well over 400 in the month of July. And as Jake said, going on a tear right about the time he didn't make the all-star team, but the Braves will take all of this production in the non-exhibition games to help them win the National League East. Speaking of production across the diamond, Matt Olson is heating up. He had three hits. He knocked in three runs with run-scoring singles in each of his first three trips to the plate. 14 runs batted in now in 15 games in July. And you got Adam Duvall getting into the action with another home run. His 12th of the year, he had three hits on this night. Good to see him heating up. And Orlando Arcia had a home run his fourth of the season. And I wanted to talk about this just because I found this to be one of the mind-blowing stats that you see, we talked about Ian Anderson's numbers, but let's talk about Patrick Corbin against the Atlanta Braves. His last nine games started, he has lost every single one of them. A 728 ERA in those nine starts. He's allowed 38 earned runs in 47 innings, and I believe that includes now 11 home runs. He started his career with 27 and two-thirds shutout innings against the Braves. My, how the turntables, Jake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked about it during both of these starts going in saying, you know, the Braves have crushed him over the years and uh, they just continue to do so in a great opportunity because I talked about it coming in. You know, the offense has been looking for that breakout game. And I thought this really was that they scored early. They scored in the middle. They scored late uh, and put up an eight spot, did it in a multitude of ways. The three hits from Matt Olson, I thought were huge. Three RBI singles there. Uh, so I thought this was a great game. And look, you keep averaging three home runs a game. Look, I'll take it. I'm not discrediting the home runs at all. And that's what they've been doing lately. But again, to get to that next level where I think this offense can be and should be with what they have up and down, you know, got to be able to score in different ways. And so they were able to do that on Friday and yeah, take advantage against Patrick Corbin, who he's probably going to be asking the manager next time. Can I skip this Braves series? Can you push me back <laughs> or a start here? Cause yeah, he has not had much luck against them lately. No, he has not. This Braves offense, you mentioned home runs, by the way, 150 of those before the all-star break. That is a record for any Braves team prior to the all-star break. So the first half slugging, that eclipsed the 2019 team, which was known to hit a few home runs each and every night as well. I'd say you could order a three spot for those guys. They were extremely good, and this Braves team continues to use a long ball to great result, and they do it again on this night with an 8-4 victory. Remind you to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more, and this podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Use the code Locked On. That is code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Let's talk about Game Three of the series. It comes your way Saturday afternoon, 4:05 p.m. Eastern Time at Nationals Park. That's the first pitch. Braves looking to secure a series victory as they're looking to win the first three games against Washington. Max Freed on the mound, nine and three. Paulo Espino will be on the hill for the Nats. He's 0 and two. 
a good chance for Max Fried to get into double-digit wins here before the All-Star break, and then he'll be off to L.A. Yeah, and look, a four-game series against the Nationals is a series you you need to win, you should win, you expect to win as the Braves, and won the first two, and now you got your ace on the mound, and Max Fried, who's obviously frustrated after his last start, just did not have command. Five walks, that is just not Max Fried at all. So looking for him to have a very good bounce-back game, and hopefully the Braves are able to go ahead and wrap up this series. Braves would love to win this series on Saturday, go for a sweep on Sunday. But first things first, you do have to win game three. Again, 4.05 p.m. Eastern time at Nationals Park is the first pitch. It's Freed and Espino as the Braves and Nats will tangle on Saturday. Thanks for joining us here on the Braves Postcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. We hope you have subscribed to Locked On Sports Atlanta as well and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final score was the Braves 8 and the Nationals 4. We'll talk to you soon right here on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long, everyone.